Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number one of Revelation chapter 21, and we're going to be looking at the first verse, Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Here the Lord is showing the Apostle John a new heaven and a new earth, and makes the statement, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And uh, we know that this is what um, the Bible has been moving towards, what the Word of God has declared throughout the history of the world since the fall of mankind, that this world is temporal. Man's life in this world is short-lived. It's but for a moment. God has said that because of sin, man will die. The creation was um, saw corruption, and therefore the creation, the the earth and the heavens, the celestial bodies, must be destroyed. And and this whole creation, this whole universe must be destroyed and and removed, just gotten rid of, because of sin and the effects of sin, the effects of the curse upon the creation. And, and God has warned the world, don't love the world, do not love this present earth, because it will not last. And this is what God said in 1 John, In verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. The world passeth away. Now, God um, said that here in Revelation 21.1, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And the Greek word that is used here in um, Strong's Concordance, it's number 39.28, and it's used elsewhere in a similar way. For instance, in Luke... In chapter 21, we read in Luke 21, verses 32 and 33, Verily, I say unto you, This generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And God says this in three of the Gospels. He says it in Matthew 24 and in Mark 13 and here in Luke 21 that that 
um, that this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall or will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Indicating that the earth is finite and temporal and will not last forever. But the word of God is eternal, infinite, and does last forever. Don't believe what what people think and what they say about this world. You know, when they hear that the idea that there's um, um, a strong likelihood that the world will be destroyed. When they heard about May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, and when they're hearing about October 7th, 2015, the almost universal reaction, not quite, some people don't react this way, and of course God deals with, with his elect who would not react that way normally, but for the most part, for the unsaved people of the world, there's a very common a very predictable reaction by them, and that is instant uh, refusal. No way is that possible. And underlying their disbelief and, and their tremendous confidence, there's no other way of putting it, they just have a tremendous confidence that... This world will continue, and what underlies that is an idea that this present world is eternal. After all, their scientists tell them that the world's been around for billions of years and will be here for millions or billions more. Uh, That's what evolution teaches, that the world has been here for eons and and there's been slow uh, process of evolution and and so basically when you say the world's existed for billions of years you're saying it's always been and then you're uh, going on to say well it'll probably last millions more you're you're basically saying it always will be and people have that idea, it, it's ridiculous, the thought of this world ending. Now, maybe, maybe they come upon this concept, this thought that the world uh, must continue, that uh, that the idea of its ending is far-fetched. Uh, maybe it's based upon the original creation, because God did create the world good, and mankind good, and if that original um, condition of of being perfect and good without sin had continued, this world would have existed forever, and men would live forever, and and so there is an element in the original creation that perhaps is still there is some vestige of of that idea in man that this world must go on it must continue but god says not so not so we read it in first john the world in in chapter 2 the world passeth away 
And here in Luke 21, heaven and earth shall pass away. That That is a biblical fact. That is God that cannot lie. God that knows the end from the beginning. God who created the world is declaring in an absolute way. There's no question about this. There's questions about when it will take place, and we've delved into that subject matter, but there is no question that it will take place. This world will be destroyed, and it will pass away. God says in Second Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. See, God here is again saying, the heavens shall pass away. He said that in Second Peter 3.10. He goes on to give a vivid description of the the heavens and um, passing away with great noise and elements melting with fervent heat. And in the same passage, he mentions the people of God looking for a new heavens and a new earth because it will be simultaneous. When we're looking forward with expectation, and I know that's unusual for some people to hear and they shake their head, uh, people who don't understand the Bible and the promises God has given to his people. But of course God's people are looking forward with great expectation to the time that God fulfills his promise, to to the time when God completes his salvation by giving his people a new resurrected body and completes his word to his people, the promise given long ago, even to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they would receive an everlasting possession for a dwelling place. And the Lord used the land of Canaan as a type and a figure of the new earth, because uh, obviously the land of Canaan is part of this world. And we just read here in Second Peter 3 that the world will melt, and that will include the Middle East and, and Israel and, and the land of Canaan. So that cannot be in any way an everlasting dwelling place for the people of God. But Canaan typified the new earth. And God promised Abraham 
you will receive the land and and you will dwell upon it forevermore. Let, let's just take a quick look at that in Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis 17, it says in verse 7, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee and their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now again, obviously, it cannot be understood literally. And people who insist upon a literal understanding of the Bible, they they end up with all sorts of contradictions because here, what are they going to do? God said, and you have to understand it literally, they insist, God said he'll give Canaan as an everlasting possession. Okay, now you have that understanding. But doesn't God also say he'll destroy this world? Yes, in numerous places. Second Peter chapter 3 is, is a main one. But in numerous places, God insists he'll destroy the world. What happens to the land of Canaan when God destroys the world? Does he destroy every other part of the world but the land of Canaan? Does he destroy the heavens, the sun, moon, and stars, and and 99.9% of the earth but the land of Canaan? Of course not. That's foolish. God destroys the land of Canaan with the rest of the earth. Therefore, again, we see the superiority and the necessity of understanding the Bible's deeper spiritual dimension. If you fail to look into the Bible for the spiritual teaching, you will come up with wrong conclusions. And and those that are looking for the literal meaning of Scripture are a million miles away from truth. And the truth is, the meek shall inherit the earth. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the seed of Abraham, Christ was the seed singular, all the elect are in Christ, so all of the elect, the promise to Abraham that his seed would be as the stars of the heaven for multitude, they will inherit the land. It will be their eternal possession, an eternal dwelling place. And it it must be that new earth that the meek shall inherit. And then we have harmony. Then everything fits together. And that only comes through a spiritual understanding of the statements to Abraham in the book of Genesis. And of course, that's how the whole Bible must be understood. You look for the deeper spiritual meaning and then all kinds of verses begin to fall into place and harmonize. So the Lord said in our verse in Revelation 21, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Second Peter three, thirteen, 
says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. So, yes, October 7th, 2015, in all likelihood, will be the destruction of this present earth and heavens, but simultaneously, God will create a new heaven and a new earth. If we're correct, it will all take place at that time. Actually, at the end of time, when the celestial bodies are destroyed, so is the clock that governs time in this world and this creation. And we will enter into eternity with a new heaven and new earth. Now, uh, it's according to God's promise. And let's look at some places where God said that. In Isaiah 65, the Lord said in verse 17 and following, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Because what's the next verse we read in Revelation 21? In verse 2, it says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So here, God in Isaiah 65 says he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And then he says he creates Jerusalem, rejoicing and her people a joy. Because Jerusalem is the uh, heavenly Jerusalem comprised of all of God's elect. It is also identified as the bride of Christ. And, and so God creates a people, he creates a land, he places the people in the land, the new earth, where they will dwell forevermore. And that's what we're reading here. This is um, just beyond wonderful, that this is the expectation for each child of God. You know, this word, this scripture, these promises of God are, are comforting. And uh, remember in First Thessalonians 4, where, where God speaks of the rapture and the day of the resurrection and the people that are lifted up to be with the Lord forevermore. And then he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words, because it is comforting to the child of God in trials, in tribulation, in affliction, in sorrow, experiencing physical ailments and and sorrows of many sorts, and death has struck certainly the child of God's family and friends and and neighbors, and death is all around in this world, and disease and corruption and sin and the the soul of the righteous are vexed day by day by the unlawful deeds of the wicked as we continue living, sojourning in this world. But we have citizenship in another kingdom, in a heavenly kingdom. Uh, 
our citizenship is in New Jerusalem. And, and so God gives us words, promises, and He tells us that keep your thoughts above, keep them on the, the goal of, of the resurrection, look forward to that time wherein your body will be transformed and your mind has already been transformed in salvation and your soul. But the, the world, the earth that you're presently dwelling on will be transformed and you will one day find yourself a new creature. Uh, the old man is gone. The former things are passed away. And you will be an entirely new creature in body and soul, dwelling upon an entirely new earth with an entirely new heavens. And it, it will just be super glorious and super wonderful. And you will then experience abundant riches and everlasting joy and happiness and peace and love and but you're not there yet you're not there yet you're you're still in the world you're still living under time constraints and the sun rises and the sun sets and you're aging and others are aging around you yes but be patient and continue to hope. Continue to look towards the recompense of reward because it's a great recompense that is in store for you, child of God. Therefore, you have this comfort of your soul, comfort to ease your burden, to ease the affliction, the, the comfort of a future that is beyond compare, that is above anything anyone could ever imagine or or try to explain. It is the greatest future that is possible for an individual, and it is your future. Therefore, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Continue to wait today. Don't put any demands upon God. Don't uh, dictate to Him. Don't dare do that. We don't deserve anything. And, and so we experience time of affliction for a season, for a period of time, a fiery trial very well. Do we deserve better? And, and sometimes when we're in a rush to get out of this thing, it's almost as if we're saying to God, look, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be tried in this way. Well, who are you and who am I to uh, to say that kind of thing to God or to think that kind of thing or to act that kind of way? Maybe we don't say it, but we're acting that way. We're, we're not acting as though we are heirs of a new earth, of of uh, eternal happiness, of eternal abundant riches. We're not acting that way. We're acting as though we deserve better and we shouldn't be here in this present fire. 
No, let us glorify Jehovah in the isles, glorify him while we're in the fire, and let us endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, enduring to the end. And may each one of us glorify him as he moves within us to will and do of his good pleasure. Well, it goes on to say here in Isaiah 65:18, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I'll rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that has not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.